Welcome to Two Minute Practice. Here, the hosts of the Lean Into Art podcasts explore and encourage you to join us in trying all kinds of different creative activities that help us practice things related to making our art, exploring, growing in our business practice, and even trying things for a healthy lifestyle. Every episode, we talk about what we practiced recently, things we saw in the community, and then we highlight a new thing, an idea for you to try to practice. I'm Jersey Drozd, cartoonist and teaching artist. I'm Rob Stenzinger, UX designer, coach, and interactive maker. Two minutes is a findable amount of time to try things. Let's see what we can learn and make when we make it easy to try. It is definitely time for two minute practice. Hey, Jersey. Hey, Rob. Uh, what what's what's up like two minute practice it uh we we try to do this microcast uh special segment on the main show either way you can take part in in this exploration of it, learning stuff is, fan, is is wonderful but then it can get so expensive if you if you well maybe you take on creative challenges or you do um i mean even trying to add it to your goals or whatnot but then uh, like what if it didn't have to be so expensive to learn and try new things? So here you go. That's yeah, our, our approach is to try things with the two minute practice. Just try, take two minutes out of your, your day. And we all know that two minutes just sort of fly away like <laughs> all over the place. Take, you know, just a little bit of a scroll on, on one of the social media sites, do one less of those. And here you go. You got time to try something new. Who, yeah, like let's let's take two minutes out of our doom scrolling and put it towards something uh, that, that is feels a little bit more nourishing. And last week, we're last two weeks, we did uh, a, a brainstorm, excitement, and encouragement um, practice. And then you came up with this idea for this time around: um, gather inspirational work and ask yourself why. Have a two-minute session with yourself when you gather some things that inspire you. What is it about them? Um, this is, this is, uh, practicing that thing that we've talked about in the show a trillion times, the analytic eye, the moment something makes you feel something, ask yourself what, why, what, how, what's it doing? Um, because in there is probably useful stuff that will inform your art. I, I would, I would argue it's art, it's informing your art one way or another, but it's cool when you can like think about it and name it, articulate it for a variety of reasons. Right. So, um, what, what, what do you wind up doing for your sessions, Rob? Well, I did about four sessions and they meandered a bit because it's like I opened a little can of worms with this practice for me where I, I did, um, I captured a, a, a variety of inspirations that I thought I just, I just let them come out of my head and I didn't ask why as I was capturing them. But I mean, things like uh, Linda Berry, Scott McCloud, Bruce Lee. And of course, I'm thinking of their works also, but I'm not doing like a great bibliography while I'm doing a two minute practice. You know, I've got a timer going and I'm just letting ideas come out of my head and not editing. And um, things like uh, My Hero Academia, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, Robotech, Season One, <clears throat> um, Scott Pilgrim, and uh, Invincible, two comic series that. Uh, there's lots of other comics I love and enjoy. I mean, Ghost Rider, but didn't come to mind when I wrote this, right? Mm. Um, and man, many, many others that are you know more recent. But um, you know, that's a funny thing about this kind of recollection. So another thing, music, uh, Unleash the Archers, and uh, games, Devil's Crush, um, Card Fighters Clash, uh, Thunder Force Three, 
um, it, let's see, uh, Street Fighter Two, on and on. Like, there's a variety of of um, games that uh, that I've played that, like, I could think of probably hundreds that that somehow influenced me in some way. Where I'm like, you know, just way back where I thought, well, what if I do some, you know, what if I make video games as my career, right? And that's kind of where a lot of things started for me. Anyway, so on this list, are it hit me in my second practice session. I'm like, there's this is a weird list. This doesn't remind me of other times where I've captured things that are that have influenced or inspired me, right? Hmm. And it's but but some things are here and some aren't. So like second session, I was really distracted with this idea that, and I just went with it that. That's kind of how I this practice went. Each session, I was distracted by something about this thing, and I went with it. So um, I I was like, "What is that old inspiration exercise I did?" And that was um, uh, this this influence map thing that we I think we both did this a few you know, like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, this templatized. Hey, wouldn't it be fun? to show gratitude and hat tip and celebrate all the stuff that it has that, that's infused in what you make. Right. And I'm like, yes, it's totally like influence map inspiration. That's same page for me really. Um, so I, uh, like in my, I looked at my old influence map and there's things like, yeah, I don't know, fully coolie, strong, bad, sea of monsters. Oh, there's Robotech, um, a comic called Meridian, Dragon Ball Z, surprise, bunch of video games. You know, anyway, that kind of stuff. And and it was, um, this was a little more thorough in some ways because it wasn't like a two-minute practice exercise. This took a little bit of hunting and, and you know, picking and choosing and pruning. And hey, by the way, look at that. There's a, there's, um, in well, in my influence map, which isn't on the screen, that Preston Blair book I took a photo of and is in there. I'm but, gonna see if um, I can find it the, in image Google, uh, Google image search. Um, there's a, I did put a clip in our um, show notes too. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll grab that. Um, I had a heck of a time uh, finding it out on the internet, and I because I know I shared it, but can't find it. <laughs> there we but, go. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's that influence map exercise, and that. So yeah. So I hit I hit go on session two, and I'm like. It, it's really bugging me like this, this list versus that list. And what's that about? So, um, and I'm like, uh, and then that's what I did in session three is like, well, why did that change? Um, cause in session two, I succeeded in just sort of finding and then looking at that where I just, you know, I could did a quick search on the internet and then I searched my hard drive by the way, how I found it was this. Um, so in Matt, for some reason, the command line search in Mac is better for me than just using Spotlight hmm. and uh, and uh, the Finder search. So if you use a command line, you can use uh, it's called MD Find. So if you do MD Find some terms, and then if you have a strong clue as far as what kind of image or thing you're looking for, like a PDF or an image or whatever, you can put in quotes um, kind colon PDF kind colon um, JPEG, uh, JPEG, right? And that's what I think I found that did. And it was like, you know, influenced da, da, da. and, and it was like, I found it boom on my hard drive. It, it really, and, but that's all I had time for then. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, at least I see this thing. Anyway, um, session three, it was like, well, what's the, like, how did this, how did these two things relate? Like, is it just like top of mind versus 
more stored in the background. And, uh, and I realized that, that, so this was a one way of asking why, uh, but not really what was framed in the initial practice. And it's, uh, all those influences are still there is what I realized. It's not like they, they no longer matter or I can somehow I've cut off that part of my brain or something like that, or it fell out or it's gone. I, I had big feelings when I looked at that thing again and I'm like, no, these all matter. It's just, um, motion, time, things change. What's close at hand and you know, it's okay. Um, and so in a way like, and there was one obvious thread from Dragon Ball Z to one piece to my hero academia. And it's like, well, not really, you know, rocket science figuring that one out, but, <laughs> um, but I do find it interesting if I could do like describing to you why each one of those is important or, or has affected me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that does evolve like, uh, like in my opinion, my hero academia is, is a, is, as a writing voice, something I want to be affected more by, right. Because of the, um, like the, clear characterization of so many different characters so incredibly well done like um with interesting nuance and depth that um you know yeah there's there there are emphasized primary characters and then of course it's it's doing this whole um serialized entertainment with big stakes superpower type stuff right and all those shows are doing that but my hero academia is doing it in kind of a way where th- their serial serialization is more refined, right? It's like, it's not like, and you know, it's like I had a, I have a workshop that I made dust off called uh, writing and drawing serial, serial comics, the dramatic reveal, because I care a lot about like, how in the heck are these things affecting me so much where I just, uh, you know, like the, I know they're going to leave an open question and why do I care and all that? And, and anyway, uh, my hero academia is doing a lot of more nuanced, um, kinds of questions it opens and the rhythm of how it does it and when it does it is so much more refined. And I, I'm yeah. Anyway. So anyway, session four, I try to get back to asking why, um, again, uh, and, and, uh, I think I'm kind of covering this a bit where, um, it's sort of like part, part two of that, you know, yeah, there's the feelings of the old stuff and the new stuff and a little more nuance about what stands out about the new stuff. And what really, what really sort of came to the top was this combination of Linda Berry and Bruce Lee, (laughs) um, being really important right now because of the kind of book that I'm working on. And, uh, and it was, it's like all this influence is welcome, feel great things and love for all of it. And, uh, because I'm focused on a particular thing, what stands out as an influence are, that's, that's what stands out. And, and I would say for Linda Berry, it's Linda Berry. It's like this combination of, um, uh, flexible, expressive, um, nature to the extent of chaos, but thoughtfulness to the extent of great philosophy, right. In like how she's able to like weave together these complex tapestries of experience and ideas so joyfully and clearly and yet with so much variety and 
and then Bruce Lee, it's, it's from reading the, um, rereading parts of, um, uh, the, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, I think. Mm. Yeah. That's what that is. So anyway, um, which is really poetic and incredibly and incredibly practical. It's poetic and practical. And it's for its application, for its intent. But I think it's one of those kinds of expressions, one of those works when someone has ideas that are so portable, it carries across to from drawing or kicking, right? I mean, it's both it, both, both practices, one could find applicability in when, when Bruce Lee is describing um, getting caught up in your own thought as opposed to being in, in the, in the moment and, uh, committing to the action and all that kind of stuff. I don't have quotes ready, but it's that kind of feel that mm -hmm. comes to mind from that. Okay. Get out of so your own way. So that's where I went with this. Yeah. 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 So interesting that you, like you had sort of a meta journey, uh, in like to get to talking about your, like, like things that inspire you. Um, so that, that, I just think that that's worth like restating is part of the premise of the two minute practice in general is that like you have a new relationship or at least a, um, it sounds like you have a more explicit relationship with the things that inspire you and where they, where their volume or temperature fluctuates based on what else is happening in your life. Hmm. I like that summary. Yes. I mean, it's. It's they're still with me, but like which one stands out? It depends on what I'm near. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's it doesn't seem that dissimilar from like there's like a, a George Harrison album, uh, Dark Horse. It's one of my favorite albums, but it's like I only listen to it and I'm feeling really bummed out. Like it's my bummed. It's my go to. I don't hmm. feel good about life right now. I need to listen to this because he doesn't feel good about life in that, and it like really connects me with that sadness in like a really like 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 uh, visceral way. Um, but like as a general rule, I don't like just like, oh, I can listen at any time. Like it has a specific like function in my life. Right. Like I think I, there's things in my life that are like that. Like they, they are whatever I'm in proximity to in terms of thought, intention, emotion, that becomes something that I find to be extra or the, the meaning is more direct and it just happens and I don't have to look for it. Um, oh, that's, yeah, it is a lot like that. It, it's, it's that not every thing in this tapestry of influence has to be always at 100 in, mm -hmm. you know, opacity. It could, can, it can fade and be in the background and, and all that. And so like, yeah, picking up an, that, that's interesting. An album for a functional thing. That's also an emotion. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I, well, and what I also love what's what's kind of implied in there, and you can you know correct me for sure if I'm if I'm totally going astray on this, but like it points to this idea that like identity is a very layered and nuanced thing, and it can be informed by so many. You can you can carry so many different pieces of different things, and the identity when we when we talk about it, I think this is something that is worth discussing now. Is this idea of, like identity isn't this like in, you can't hold up the influence map and say this is who I am. Right. Um, it, it, it sounds yeah. tidy and it sounds like it's, it's perfectly serviceable when you're like 
in those years where you're trying to discover identity, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm this now, I'm that now. And that ex kind of experimentation is like healthy and awesome and like one of the most wonderful aspects of being a young person. But like, it's, that's an exploration, it's incomplete. And there's parts that become sort of invisible to you and it's worth investigating this every once in a while to find out like, well, when people say like, speak your truth, what is your truth? Well, I, I feel like an exercise like this could be part of like plumbing that, you know? Mm. Well, that's another pretty interesting connection and also a giant door you just pointed at. <laughs> Because, yeah, yeah, you can kind of get near, um, like, feel like, okay, I know, I feel kind of ready to say, like, what is my truth? But it's like, it's made of a combination of things of right now and where I'm at and what I'm next to uh, and what happened just before. And I don't know. That's how, uh, that's, that's really cool. Interesting. It, it, this is, this is only top of mind. Cause I just finished a book recently where that was the theme of the book. It was like, it was made mm -hmm. for high schoolers and it, the whole premise, the thesis of the book was, is like, I'm experimenting with different groups. This new group has taken me in. They say, you're one of us. Like, well, I am, but that's not all that I am. Right. And like, it, that, that's the revelation mm -hmm. that the character has. That's not all who, who I am. I am part of you. I'm part of this. I'm part of that. Um, so I immediately thought of that when you were describing this journey you were going on of like, well, but did I leave anything behind? You know, well, no, it's just, it's not as, it's not, it's not, the temperature isn't as high on that right now because you're doing other things. Um, so, and, mm. and it, it's so funny, like when I think about my, I did three practices and I just, I have such a built in habit now of trying to simplify everything down to like give myself a whole bunch of constraints so i only focus on one thing so i asked myself okay how am i going to make this manageable for me because i can like look for ins inspiration happens all over the place i'm like okay well let's just pick three different media the, and and my original goal was i was to do multiple entries of the three different media i said okay so let's do something that's like uh story related something that's music related because i knew that would be another challenge that i'm not i don't feel like i'm particularly fluent in talking about music uh, and then literary, like, like general story, it can be any kind of story, film, animation, comics. Um, but then something that's like more like books, prose, right. And just pick some different names that, you know, you can talk readily about. Don't think too hard about it. Just say the first thing that comes to mind when I say animation, go. And I noticed that in the past couple weeks, um, the G.I. Joe Real American Hero miniseries has been on my mind a lot, and it has to do with some projects that I'm working on. It's, it's kind of, a, I don't need to get into the weeds on that, but um, I don't spend a lot of time with the G.I. Joe cartoon series because I think there's, some, there's aspects of it that like just don't feel as, like, there's parts that I feel like, ooh, every, a lot of punching going on here. <laughs> uh, but but there's, like, there's like a lot of, like, this kind of like very specific to that particular um, media, uh, that story, a kind of joyful exuberance. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll pick that two minutes. I'll try to unpack if I can write in words, you know? And so I, I captured, you know, what I noticed I was capturing things that would start out as very like one layer of it. And then before the two minutes was out, I hit another layer. So I was, I was pleased with that. So like G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, what is it that makes that tick for me? Well, it, it follows the, the story structure of three remote and deadly locations. Exotic, but clearly dangerous only if you, res if you don't respect them. Like that, like I was, I was like, okay, well, am I into exoticism on this? 
uh, or is there something else? And I'm like, no, actually, in every instance, when they go to the remote and dangerous location, the Joes are always respectful of the place. Don't touch anything. Don't disturb anything. This isn't ours. And the Cobras come in and wreck up the place, and they set off some kind of dangerous monster trap, you know? Um, and let's see, I captured joyful characters who seem to love one another and are, and are annoyed by one another. They both love and they drive each other crazy the way families do. Um, bigger, big, larger than life villains, not necessarily powerful, but big personalities. And then I captured, you know, something about the music combination of jazz, electric, and orchestral. And then for the music entry, I also went with, okay, what's something that's in my life right now that's very current? And I just got for the holidays, um, this new Stan Bush album. Are you familiar? You're familiar with Stan Bush, right? I am familiar with Stan Bush. I have, uh, I, I recommended an episode of your, uh, your show, what oh Saturday Supercast, where you interviewed Stan Bush to a friend oh, because right. he also loves Stan Bush. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yeah, yes. and and it was it is a really it is a really fun episode and a great interview. And yeah, that's he's got that he's got that sound. Like what what would you describe since Stan Bush's um, thing? What's uh, his jam? Eight eighties hero knocking the bad guy down and living his dream, kind of. Uh, kind of storytelling. It's going to have a little bit of like conquering your enemy, conquering your, your, your opposition, but also like having like this hopeful sort of raspy voice scream at the future. <laughs> so it, 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 as a guy who does a Transformers podcast, of course I, he's on my radar because he did the Transformers, the movie soundtrack, at least like some of the more memorable, you got the touch, which was parodied later on, on what was that movie? Boogie nights or whatever. Um, but like, I love it unironically. And anyway, so I thought, okay, well, I have spent a lot of time thinking about Stan Bush music. Like you pointed out, I've interviewed the man. I can probably access some some thoughtful and useful words in two minutes or less. And sure enough, I it was a very low-risk way for me to talk about. If you asked me to talk about, like, Tchaikovsky, I don't know. I love, I love Tchaikovsky. Or, like, choral music. I love choral music, but I, it'd be hard for me to pin down, like, one piece and why I like it. Uh, it would take more than two minutes. So I went to things that I knew I could talk about very readily. And then for the uh, prose, I went to C.S. Lewis because his books I have read the most times. I've read a lot of different books, but he has a, a small subset of books that I've read multiple, multiple times that I can really articulate quickly uh, what it is about them that, that moves me. But I did find some new information in there. It wasn't just me, like, just, like, sort of reciting, like, the Manchurian Candidate. This is what I love about C.S. Lewis. It was, um, I, I found some things in there that I'm like, oh, you know, the, the, the urgency of the ticking clock, uh, let me bypass my inner critic and inner editor to get to some interesting ideas. So, um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I feel is like that uh, you, you have a little thing in the in the notes here about uh, about the Stan Bush. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to go into in that oh. where you mentioned how maybe the, the ticking clock helps you get past um, some kind of friction. I yeah. mean, so sometimes I don't know. You've, I've, I've got, a, I've got like, a huge hang up with talking about music because I feel like it's oh. one of those things that I encountered um, some very explicit and particular shaming about like when I was like, and this is, this is me, this is me like putting my baggage on the table. This is totally my 
baggage, my trauma, and I'm owning it. I know this is my deal, and I got to get the heck over it because nobody else cares. But like at, at a very particular point in my life, I encountered like a, a specific kind of shaming about like my relationship with music because I just didn't have one. Like at a time when it was really important to have one, I guess. And so it became one of those things where I was like, well, music just goes on this shelf. I don't talk about that with anybody because I don't think about it right, you know? And so like when it, when I chose music, I was like, uh-oh, you know, it's like you put a trap in the, in the water for you, Jersey. You're going to go in there waiting and it's going to be fun for you until that trap springs. <laughs> So I felt I felt a little insecure about like even mm. even writing thoughts that I knew I didn't have to share with anybody. Right. But the thought of putting something mm. on paper that that felt like such a tender place for me in terms of you don't have the words to talk about this beautiful thing that everybody else experiences in a way that you don't experience. I'm like, well, maybe if I talk about something that I have a lot of relationship with, I can get there a little faster. And, and like you said, the ticking clock meant that I didn't have time to go like, oh, this is scary. Nope, just, just throw the lines down. Throw the lines down and stuff will happen. You'll see. Um, so that, that part of the practice, too, I feel like it was just a re reaffirmation of something I do in my classroom. It's something I do in my work. You know, it's like every new project, that fear creeps in of like, this is the time when I'm going to find out that I'm a fake. Just put the lines down. It'll start to come together. Just put the lines down. Get in there, you know. So, yeah. I love that part of the mechanics of this practice and the meta of this practice where you are building a skill to try stuff that could be really uncomfortable or confusing or you have different um, – and that may be why you picked it because it's stuck in your craw and you're, you're, you're annoyed or displeased or um, loved, loving and confused or something where it just – you know that – you don't know what's going to happen, but it's two minutes yep. and you know, something will happen. You'll be okay after two minutes half is done. And the something of like the overall creative process, like we're constantly facing our own fears and flaws and quirks and, and then keep going and keep iterating and building on that. And it's just, you know, uh, we, we just find good, find, find reasons. We can find reasons to say like, well, my flaws and quirks and where I'm at, well, that's not excusable. And, and it's like, well, it is, it just takes, yeah. that's part of the practice. That is part of the practice. So, all right, we got to figure out what we're doing next time. <sighs> I'm super tempted to go like, in like, uh, extreme difficult mode to talk about the like cuz there was that door that, like like this the idea of um I, I couldn't pull foot put perfectly put my finger on it right now but if i could hit rewind and replay part of the part of the show where you really were hitting at that um oh the like the, uh the, the identity that we assemble mm -hmm. through these influences and the the allure of holding up that shield of influences. And I don't mean shield as a protective thing. I mean it more as like a coat of arms. Like this is an emblem. Mm -hmm. And it says, this is what I'm all about. And like, that's, that's a very, I can see the appeal of saying that, but that is uh, a reductive statement at best. Um, maybe at worst, I'm not sure, but like it, it has a reduction in it that it, that is incomplete. So it's, yeah, it's functional, but it's not, it's not, um, a full system. Yeah. And there you go. It's and it. And that, that can, you can, that can 
be good enough at different stages, of course. But, uh, and, but I, I think that's a trap. That's probably me being tempted by challenge. And I, and I sense the challenge and I'm like, challenge is always a reason to do a thing. Um, but maybe not. Right. So mm -hmm. what about, what if we do something that is, um, playful and like, even though we know that the, the new year is a just, it's another day, the earth rotated again, and we're still, you know, we still are who we are, but like, what if it was like a fresh start kind of thing, like some kind of fresh start themed something, okay. um, like, I don't know, fresh take on things you drew before or, or what are you thinking about this? Fresh start, fresh start. Um, see, I thought you were going to say something like actually build on this one that we did this time and say like, can you now take those influences and, and spend two minutes ago at a go assembling language around your creative, creative identity, right? <laughs> see, that's, that's where, that was where I was going, okay. but I'm like, I'm trying to resist my own habits okay. of like, you're trying you know, to continuing to crank up the challenge. Um, like what if just sort of, you know, went off in a different direction. Okay. But okay. that is a strong one. I like what you, I like, I like the idea. You know, okay. Well, Maybe I like that idea too much. Though. <laughs> okay. Well, let's save it for a future one. I, so based on this idea of, of, of new beginnings, what I'm immediately thinking of is how we're both going through a period of planning for the next year. And mm -hmm. one thing that I am getting acquainted with, and I have not done as thoughtfully as I could in the past, is connecting with what my big projects are. What are my big projects, my big goals? Um, and I, I spent a little bit of time writing those out. And I mean big, big projects, big goals for 2021. So what if we spent two minutes at a go defining what those big projects, big goals are? Big projects. What's something that's going to take more than two months to do? Big goals. What is something, what is something you hope will be different through your journey? How will you be different or how will the world be different based on what you going through these different things, things you're taking on? Um, write them out and try to capture why they're so important. Why do they matter? And that's more to point toward um, language to help you in the darkness. You know, when you get to those points where you're like, okay, this is the, I'm in the midway through the project and this is terrible and I'm terrible. Well, it might be good to reconnect with those like reasons why, because I think that's what that part of what makes that darkness so dark is we've lost that lost, lost touch with that. So, what do you think? I'm I love it, and I can sense a I can sense a like a potential friction though that that I want to just address in in the formula of the of this two minute practice. So so what I heard is um, list list the goals and then. Um, describe what's, why they're important. Right. Yep. And I'm going to say that what if it, this, what if it was any of the goals that come to mind? Right. So, cause the, like saying like, there's almost like a built in editor and I, I try to watch for those when it comes to like brainstormings. Right. Yeah. If, 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 if you have an editor that's saying it's only got to be the right ones, it's got to be the good ones. It's got to be the best ones. Right. Yes. So yes. If, you, if just goals come out of your head, goal, why, why is yep. that important? Right. Yep. Okay. Let, let that happen without the editor. It would be my recommendation. This here's language I'll throw in that I use in my classroom all the time. I would say, let's wonder about goals, wonder about goals for two minutes. 
There you go. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Great. Well, All right. I'll see you in two weeks, Rob. All right. Thank you, Jersey. So if you're ready to set aside two minutes to play along and do the practices. First, you need to pick something to practice. Then prepare a way to time yourself. And then give it a try. If you don't know what to practice but want to try, make your first practice all about brainstorming the things you want to learn. And if you want more ideas, you can always go to leanintoart.com slash two, the number two, minute practice.